One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. If you've been hurt in a road accident that wasn't your fault, you should really talk to G4 Claims first. Unlike road accident solicitors, we don't charge you for our services, which could see you better off. To keep 100% of your compensation, have a chat with Nicole and the team. You'll be glad you did. Search online for G4 Claims. Keep 100% of your claim. G4 Claims. Father said to me, "Put this scarf around your neck and sing the blues with me." And now I am much older. There's a place I wanna be. It's red faced, it's beautiful, it's steeped in history. And I know what I'll find when the place comes alive.
Of course, we're not getting excited. Not in the <laughs> Very not dramatic, that was it. That's the first I've seen that. It's on Good his. Um, it's on his social media. Um, so if you go to his Instagram and his Facebook, I think it is, Felix Clement has uploaded, well, probably not be him, it'll probably have representatives that have uploaded you, that. You, you pals with me on Facebook already? Yes, yes. Well, you see, I had to drop him a wee text, a wee DM, you know, find that his DM would say, good evening, you big, beautiful, bald, Belgian bastard. How are you? <laughs> Welcome to the famous. And there you go. So, yes. So, Ah, we're not getting excited. <laughs> no chance <laughs> in hell we get excited. Um, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome um, to the, the Battlefield Network. The Bears Corner, as, well, we all know, didn't we? Paul's favourite part of the show. <laughs> we all know. Battlefield. <laughs> yeah, right. Thursday nights are back for your nights and join us this evening. It's been absolute fucking fear that does. <laughs> you love it, mate. Secretly, you love it. Oh, I. <laughs> oh, I. Because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, Paul at Seas. How are you, my friend? Sup, homie. What's going down? How are you? This is our second podcast of the week, mate, because we did one for our Patreon site on Philip Clement's unveiling uh, yesterday, which went out last night. Um, mm. If you know, caught it, sign up to Patreon and go and watch it. It was quite good. It was good be chat back and forth, just me and you. It was, it was actually, yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was like sitting in a, 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 a so sitting in front of a roaring fire with a, with a nice glass of brandy. That's what it was like. <laughs> just, you know, just, uh, with the cravats and smoking jackets on, d- d- discussing the appointment of a new I'm manager. A wee bit left out here. Like I didn't even get a fucking invite or nothing. It, Paul, did I put it in the chat, mate? You he did. Put the chat. I, don't, I don't even read put, the chat. I only, did, I only wait for it, you to put stuff in there, and I read it. He did put it in the chat to be fair, and then he turned around just before we started. He went, Thank fuck, Geo's not here. It's more civilized. <laughs> it just monopolizes all the chat, doesn't he? <laughs> Actually, there is also a, a you know, gentleman's pod that's, that's there with Sammy and Sammy, eh, Sammy and Geo. So we can't really step on their toes, you know. That's it, man. Where is Sammy? I believe Sammy's had unwell this evening, um, so he's so he's no. Oh, he's right, no, okay. He won't be joining us, sadly. Um, down the bottom there is the main man, Geo. How are we, my friend? Been a wee while since I spoke to you, actually. I know, mate. I know. I'm good. I'm good, mate. I'm not. I'm not getting excited at all. And that that we that we intro there didn't get me spine tingly at all, did it? You know, <laughs> dramatic, very intense, very uh, very Gallic Gallic flair from from our big baldy Belgian bastard. But uh, <laughs> yes, mate. I'm good. I'm good. It sounds better when I say it, doesn't it? Jay's saying here, lads, that uh, patron show was class. Um, by the way, just two people sitting talking about probably the last two appointments, I would say, and then Ooh. Philip Clement as well. But the two before him, and just what, what kind of happened. Class retro, retro top lads speaking to you and Paul. That obviously you not get the memo, Scott. No, I am going with last season's. It's Scott. Mm-hmm. Scott doesn't wear retro tops. He's a he, thing you got to understand about Scott. Well, he is he's I a, a cast. He's a castor whore. All right. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only way to describe him. <laughs> no, I do have retro tops. In fact, there was one hanging there, but it's gone now. Um, so I welcome the Thursday night's edition. Um, what less than forty hours away now. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> 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 um, 
I'm less than 40, 48 hours away from uh, Phil Clement. Philippe Clement, Phil Clement, Big Phil, what do we call him? Big P. Big P. <laughs> PC. No, that's like Kachinia, isn't it? Um, Philip Clement's <laughs> debut in the dugout at Ibrooks on Saturday against Hibs. Um, we'll plan for the show tonight, I think, is to discuss a wee bit again the unveiling because we never get Gio's thoughts on that. It was just Paul and I, so maybe Paul and I will take a wee bit of a back seat there and let Gio have the, the floor for that one. And then yeah, that'll take yeah. us up to half nine. And then... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll maybe look ahead to Saturday for the last five minutes of the show. <laughs> <laughs> At 12 o'clock tonight. <laughs> tonight uh, it'll be 24 hours until his debut. <laughs> I'm going to, to apologise because I'm feeling a bit under the weather as well. But unlike Simi, I'm here. Late Super trooper, man. Past. Super trooper. Yes. Uh, Paul's saying about Todd Cantwell's pod on the Beautiful Game podcast, yep, it was really good. Um, yeah. It was excellent. Uh, I see today the papers are trying to keep it going with certain, um, certain retaliation. See, if I was Todd for now on, I would just keep my mouth shut and wait until you've got something of note in your hands that he would probably like his team to have and then say, get it up, you, you prick. And that's it. Job done. Done. Finished. Finito. Yeah. You're, you're irrelevant, prick. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So, Gio, Philip, come on. Yes, mate. Was announced I'll go mute so Gio can okay. <laughs> Was announced as the, the 19th permanent manager at Rangers Football Club. He was unveiled to the press on Tuesday. Met the players Monday. Unveiled to the press on Tuesday. The players are the day off Wednesday. He obviously took training Tuesday as well. Players are the day off on Wednesday, as is normal. Um, and then they would have been back in today with probably a few more of our international players returning between today and tomorrow so it doesn't give him a lot of time before Hibs but what's your thoughts A on his appointment and B the, the presser um, well obviously mate, I think everybody knew it was it was down to him and Kevin Muscat uh, look if you want someone if, if you're looking at it I think it was probably just a half a percent in it that the edge towards um, Philip Clement I think it was probably on reflection now the wager choice considering his knowledge of, of European football as well and what he had done in the past, when you compare and contrast the, the two potentials, what he had done in the past, taking the small team in Belgium and then moving on and, and, and winning those three titles and back-to-backs. Um, what I did notice, and I can't remember if it was in the press conference or another interview, he'd maybe done somewhere else, but he basically said, you know, he was asked about his his, his most successful period or what he thought his, his greatest achievement was. And he actually said the back-to-back titles you know, winning the second title on the trot because it's harder to motivate players and it's harder to get them performing when you've got the same group. So, look, we, we all, and I think if you take social media as, as, a, as a snapshot, a, a microchasm of, of what we are all thinking and feeling as Rangers fans, then it's hard to, to invest in someone after we've all been stung by the previous two managers and we all invested so heavily in them and, and we loved them from the beginning and we will them to do so well. What I would say is, though, mate, I am going to be a wee bit more hesitant this time. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get <laughs> Philip Clement tattooed on my ass just yet. But um, he did, he did speak really, really well. Um, he's a winner. He, he looks like he's not going to suffer fools lately. And we've talked about this so many times, and it's almost like a copy and paste job for me. But I've said so many times in the past that a Rangers manager isn't just about being a good tactician or, or a good individual in terms of he needs to be a combination of everything, doesn't he? He needs to be the disciplinary and he needs to be the armour in the shoulder. He needs to be the one that will get him a boot up the ass, but at the same time defend his players when things aren't going well. So 
again, without getting too ahead of myself, and it's just sound bites at the minute, but he looks to have, he looks to have a wee bit of all that stuff. So I'm looking forward to it, mate. And I see I see these next couple of games as you know they're quite difficult if you consider what we're going to potentially go through, and I'm sure we're going to discuss that. But I look at it as a real good opportunity for him to to get you know to get the most out of these players and to see who's basically going to be on his side come come January when he'll maybe get a few of his own sort of signings in. No, again, Paul and I gave our thoughts on the Patreon, um, so we'll go into it here. But if if you that was a good podcast, I know I keep saying it, but it was a good podcast. And go back and have a wee, a wee listen to that. Um, I would say probably I was no that Paul, you weren't negative about the appointment, no by any matter of means, but I would say I was probably the getting ahead of myself type in the podcast, and you were the. Whoa, 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 let's rein it in. <laughs> the level-headed one, as I said, you know, as, as I said, you know, just to take a wee step back and purely because we've been burned before, I say you're, you're slightly more ahead of me, you're more excited about the whole thing. I'm trying to be level-headed. Gio's slightly excited, but as I said in the podcast last night, not as excited as young Callum. Because um, we can see that in the, in the chat, and as I said to you last night, I mean, he's he turns out he's shaved his head, he's grown a bit of stubble, he's trying to extend himself. He's <laughs> got two. He's speaking with a French accent, doesn't he? Well, yeah, yeah, his, and and his, he's got two Belgian he's, French accent. He's got two, and he's had two tattoos done, both in his ass, one in his cheek, and that's of Asterix and uh, and, and Tintin. So, I mean, he's he's went full Belgian boy. You got to give him got to give him points for that. You know, his front bum, he's got PC. <laughs> Oh yeah, exactly. As, see, when, when I looked up, when I looked up there and I saw the, the suitcase being dragged, I said PC. I got flashbacks to Kaishini. I thought, oh. Robert, you're right, mate. No more Arahids. No, no more Arahids anymore. Oh yeah, not not. Well, yeah. Whatever, we don't know. We don't know what system he's going to play. He keep he keep bring out the Arahid point two, you know, two point or whatever. So, Gio, can you this rumor? Heard Gio is GVB tattooed on his. When he gets yeah. excited, it says Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. I fucking wish. <laughs> It's, it's, I absolutely it's, wish. It doesn't even doesn't even say geo. There's a lot of talk about my ass in here. I was probably me. Apologies. No, I've got one tattoo, and it's one I regret uh, massively. So, but um, if if here, listen, if the big man brings his fifty six, I'll be getting everything tattooed on my arse. I don't care. Geo does have a right hand tattooed in your arse, you, you heard you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Just you've said it. You've said it. Is that's it? But a shade there to us, Joe. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. <laughs> well, listen. <laughs> uh, just the weekend or the, the day when I get married, I was sent. I was sent a photograph, not of Joe's. to say. But I was sent a photograph, which well, <laughs> we'll leave that for the patron content. <laughs> on that note, evening shag. How are you doing, mate? How goes it? Gallant Pioneer. Um, so, not that I was getting ahead of myself, I was just trying to look at the difference between Philip Clement's yeah. appointment compared to Michael Beale and Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, and even the difference between Beale and, and Gio, you know, and how Beale was kind of like all in with everybody. You know, let's give him the keys. You said the keys to the safe last night on the pod. Let's let's give him the keys to the safe and just run with it and see what happens. And it fell flat on its ass. Gio probably should have been backed heavier, although it was poor at times as well. Gio feels we should have got more backing. You know, the difference with A2 Gio, yes, had won a title. Yep, so I would take that um, into consideration. But compared to you know Michael Beale, and no disrespect to Michael Beale, you're we're now hired a winner. We've now hired an actual football manager with a track record 
especially going into clubs mid-season, he's been here before. Maybe not a club of our stature in terms of, you know, the expectation. Even Monaco's, you know, PSG and whatever else, the expectation is not there. The expectation in Glasgow is huge, as we know. So he's, he's going to have, you know, punters on his back straight away um, for results. And, and that's just the nature of the club, I'm afraid. And, and, and you need to get used to that. And it is, I think Paul said last night, is sink or swim for not just Clement, it's, it's players as well, sink or swim. There's a few that have been treading water for a wee while now to put, put, find a point on it here um, and probably are in the last chance of the last in fact now VAR now and all the whatever all the added time we now seem to have more you know added time at the end we've got like 12 minutes now these players are probably into like 12 plus 8 minutes now in the Rangers careers and it's getting close to the final whistle unless they pull the finger out quickly Um. Going to anything else you want to say on the on the appointment before we can uh, before we can move on? No, I, look, you, you guys talked about it last night. Look, it, it's hard not to get excited. You, you know, like I said, I think it's you know it must have been a really tough decision by all accounts. Kevin Muscott was was quite well thought of. Um, you know, I've given the board a hell of a lot of criticism. We all have. Every single one of us has, has at some stage. I think the best move they probably made was was bringing on Graham Sooners to be involved in that process. At what level, I don't know, but it, apparently he did meet, you know, the managers early on or the manager early on and got a chat with him in London about his philosophy and, and the way he sees things. And, and by all accounts, Graham soon has imparted a wee bit of wisdom about what it is to be a Rangers manager. But he won't he won't he won't know that until Saturday comes and, and he sees the crowd and he hears the crowd and he realizes the expectation when the when the, the first misplaced past happens or or the, the team don't raise to the expectation. But look you know, it, it has to be a positive performance. I, I know there's always going to be doubters in it, but for me, it's it's a positive, it's a positive appointment. Sorry, and I'm I'm quite looking forward to it without getting too excited just at the minute. I'm kind of on the fence, Paul. I'm kind of on the fence. Yeah. I'm trying not to get excited, but I am getting a wee bit. Excited. But it's hard, don't you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because look, mate, like realistically, we've been really, really poor this season, and we, you know, we'd all talked about you know Stephen Davis coming on board and how we expect that the players to lift themselves again. He was on a hiding for nothing, wasn't he? But yeah. this guy commands respect. I seen I seen that someone putting the, the comments there about how he has an air of authority. And we haven't we have well, all we've done is seen the sound bites and seen the pressers, mm -hmm. but he does look to have that. You know, one of the questions uh, one of the one of the reporters asked the other day at the press conference, he literally bit right back and said, I've told you already, I'm here to win. You yeah, know exactly, yeah. You know, you're not gonna get a Michael Bale or a Geo saying that sort of stuff. You know, he's a, he, and he wasn't arrogant or rude about it, he just went straight back and says, No, I'm, I've told you already. I'm here to win games. That's it. Yeah, so. I think, and, ju and, ju and just to, just to clarify my position, because Scott said earlier on, I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting ahead of myself. I'm not getting excited because I say we've been burned before. Uh, I, I'm, I think he was the best candidate for the job, and I'm pleased he got the job because he's come out as a standout candidate. Um, but I'm just going to take a, a step back and try and disengage slightly emotionally from it because I want to see how it's going to play out. It's going to be very difficult over the next few months because. He's stuck with a group of players who are, we've said for a while on this podcast, uh, some of them are well past the sell-by date. Um, some of them are just simply um, shite bags. Some of them are serial losers. And some of them are just simply not good enough to be at the club in the first place. So it's whether you can get a tune out of them until January. Um, and if some of them even till the end of the season. It, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think some, as you alluded to earlier on, Scott, some of these players are now, as you say, in the last chance alone. They have two months to save their Rangers careers. Uh, and I think come the, and we'll find out who's up for the fight. We'll find out whose heart is really in it. And come January, 
if you if you if your heart's not in it, I'm afraid, I'm afraid it doesn't matter how what you've done for the club in the past. I'm afraid you're just you're, you're, you, need, you need to go. You need to need to step on need to move aside for the sake of the club. If you you purport to support the club and you purport to want what's best for the club, then you'll do the honourable thing and say, "Well, I'm not. I, I really don't want to be here, or I'm I'm simply not good enough now, and I accept the manager's decision, and I will move on." Yeah. But here he's got a fantastic opportunity, doesn't he? In three weeks' time, he's got a cup semi-final, which, is, which realistically, on the day, you know, if 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 we play to our best and they play to our best, we should still win, you know. So yeah. he's got a really good opportunity. You know, he, he has to look at that and go, "This is a fantastic opportunity." I don't think any managers had that opportunity in in recent history to come in and three weeks later potentially be in a final, you know. So yeah. you know, I don't, I'm not expecting things to change drastically overnight in terms of systems or styles of play or lack thereof. But what I do expect to see from the players is, is a wee bit more determination, a wee bit more fight. And for them, like you said, Paul, for them to realise that they're playing for their own futures. Because I'd said this on our own group chat the other day, for a lot of these guys, the only way is down. Let's be totally mm-hmm. honest. Tav, Golson, Barisic, they're not going to leave and go to a bigger club than Glasgow Rangers, are they? No. no. So they have to, if they want to stay at the club and prove that they deserve to be there, then they're going to need to go out and really bust it up between now and, and, and show the fans and show the manager that they, they actually deserve a place in that team. So I kind of want to split this up a wee bit into <clears throat> kind of two sections. There's a lot of people been asking questions in the chat and I think if we go to them, we'll have less time for Hibs and that's probably what we do every week, right? Less time to preview the Hibs game. So I think what we'll do is we'll go more preview the Hibs game. I've wrote some of the questions down here, right? next to me so if any of you guys see any questions coming in that I miss write them down and what will do is I've no wrote who asked them mind you but maybe should have done that but uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll answer the questions or we'll put it out there if anybody wants to ask a question if anybody wants to come on the podcast by by, well, I can try and see if the phone thing will work <laughs> um, we can try it um, if no if you if you want to just put a comment in the chat or DM us on Twitter or something like that um, and the questions a comment a statement about how you think it's going to go under Phil Clement, then gives a shout. So, Hibernian, Saturday, three o'clock, Ibrooks the way football's meant to be. Um, sure. Big, massive, massive game for so many players, you know, the reaction to what's going on, uh, what's, what's went on previously uh, before Philip Clement, uh, Clement came into the building, um, and what we're, what we're going to be, you know, what, what we're going to see, you know, a different manager, he can't change it too much. Like I said earlier, when we brought Gio in, he's 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 got two games, he's got two days or something like that here with the players. Man, mm. all of the players, I mean, he can't really change a lot before Saturday. It has to mm. kind of go as is. Um, and that's that's where fans need to be understanding. It's not that he's not wanting to change it, he probably does want to change things, he's just not got the time to do it. And the, the, the compressed kind of you know nature of the run of fixtures that's coming up. It's not going to be a lot of time in the training ground. It's going to be a lot of recovery time. And then it's go again and play again with European football, with League Cup football, with League football. That's just the nature of it at Rangers. And it means that you're still in the competition. So, Hibs, we'll look at our opponents and then we'll get into Rangers. Obviously changed their manager um, a wee while ago there. September time. They have played five games under the, the new manager. They started with a 2-2 draw at Kilmarnock. New manager being Nick Montgomery. 2-2 at Kilmarnock. Then they won 2-0 at home to St Johnston. They beat St Mirren 4-2 in the quarterfinals of the League Cup. They drew 0-0 at home to Dundee. And then they came back from 2-0 down um, at Tyne Castle in the Edinburgh Derby before the, the international break. 
in every game he's deployed roughly a kind of 4-4-2 um, he, he seems to be a, an old school type of manager in terms of right go at teams you know it doesn't matter really I think he'll come here and he'll try and soak up the pressure high for the first 20-25 minutes then I think they'll fancy themselves on the break you know with, 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 the, with, with the kind of speedy wingers that they've got um, we know all about what's his face that plays for Australia <laughs> Martin Boyle we, we know all about him um, who kind of operates in the, the right hand side but again that, that formation kind of I think it kind of it's fluid in terms of you know, the, Boylan's up up front, they've got Vente, they've got Dodge, and they've got Yuan, who scored the two at Tynecastle as well. So they have goal threats there, they'll commit players mm-hmm. forward. Um, that, that is for sure. It's going to take, you know, us to, to stand up and, and keep the back door shut and keep constant pressure, force them back, and also have some sort of threat, carry a threat. That's my biggest gripe yeah. recently. We've not carried that much of a threat in games. You know, we've got over the line to have penalty, to have again pulling us out the hole with the, with the volley. And listen, that'll annoy some people me saying that, but the fact is, the fact we still rely on the guy <laughs> after all these years, isn't he his fault, really? That's a damning indictment on our recruitment, um, mm-hmm. as we spoke about. So, Hibs is always a tough and pull. Doesn't matter whether we're in good form or bad form and they're in good form or bad form. It's always a tough game. Always a game you look at and go... Right, we need to get this right. Definitely. I think, as you alluded to, it's always a tough game against them. They come, like, like every team, they come to Ibrox. It's a cup final, do you know what I mean? And it's and their, tail, their tails are up from uh, from, from the uh, the Edinburgh derby, where they came back from 2-0 down. Um, as you say, they've got a new manager, Nick Montgomery, who's very highly thought of um, down in Australia, where he, was, where he was planning his trade. And he's come up here, back up to Scotland. Um, and he seems to be getting results out of them. Um, they're playing pretty, pretty. They're playing pretty well. They got good, fluid football. They're going to come here on a high, and they're and they they will expect to win. They yeah. will, they will, they will fully expect to win. And I think if you ask most, of my, a lot of Rangers fans will say, well, you know, it would surprise me if they did, because we, even though we've got a new manager in, we just simply don't trust the players anymore. It just depends what team turns up, uh, Rangers team turns up, and how we how we play. As you say, they're, they're very very pacey down the wings. And that's where we always seem to lose goals just now. But down the wings, crosses go into the box, we can't defend against them. We can't stop the cross to begin with. And when it does get into the box, we can't we can't defend against it. So they'll see they, they will look to exploit our weaknesses. And right now, it's as painful as it is to see it, our weakness is our fucking team. Do you know what I mean? That just it just is. Yeah, yeah. But but I think to be fair at the back lane of respect. You have to defend from the front, and we simply haven't done that. Now, Clement's already said that he will be looking to play a high, high pressing line to defend from the front of that to keep them back, keep them pressed back. Because as we know, attack is the best form of defence. But no, you're right. I think Hibs are going to come tails up, but they're going to give us a real good game. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough one. Let's, let's make no bones about it. We're not playing well. They are playing well on top of it's their cup final. Yeah. Gio, just on what, what Paul's saying there and, and what I've kind of alluded to with their, their wingers, etc. And it's no, you know, fear in Hibs, right? We're at Ibrox, we're Rangers, we're no fear in Hibs. But yeah. we know we're agile and confidence, etc. Down, down our flanks is where they're going to look to get at us because we know Philip Clement through reading stuff and it will encourage the fullbacks to go. No matter who plays at left back, be it Borna or Rudvan, we'd expect James Tavernier to... to take his, his role at right back. Mm. Do we have 
three. This is this is where I kind of I, I don't know if you've seen it in the chat, but I read a a, a blog on um, Philip Clement's title win in 1920. I don't, yeah. you know, say this again, Paul. I don't mean in year 1920. I mean in season 1920. Confused um, me last night. <laughs> um, when he said that, you know, he signed a centre-half, but he converted him into a kind of defensive midfielder, if you like, and that allowed him to drop into a back three when he needed to and, you know, allow his wing-backs to go. I wonder if that was a role for John Souter. And if you start playing, obviously John Souter would only have returned to training the day after Scotland duty, so... Is that a role you could see John Souter in? Is particularly in these games at Ibrox where you maybe can commit more men forward and and yeah, although man, let's be totally honest, he was doing his due diligence, wasn't he? But while he was on the plane on the way over, and, and I'm sure, yeah. listen, this you know, he's he, the guy. The guy's been probably watching Rangers matches since he was first, you know, or there was a bit of interest in him first of all. So I think let's be honest, he's going to know which players you know, on the face of it anyway, can play where, and, and, and he was looking at systems and styles, and he was, I mean, I think the game he was actually, the wee screenshot, or the the, the, the photograph was taken, was actually the Motherwell game, where we, we just about scraped the 1-0 win, um, that was the day after your wedding, um, as well, so, yeah, I mean, that was a horrendous game, um, we literally hung on by the, 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 the skin oh. of our teeth, but, you know, look, he's absolutely it's it's a position that, that John Suter could do it I mean I remember actually Hibbs done it against us last season when they put Porteous in it as a as a midfielder and he was able to, to drop into a back three look let's be totally honest you know we are a wee bit fragile at the minute although we on our last performance before the international break we went away to St Mirren and won 2-0 or was it 3-0 2-0 3-0 3-1 can't remember but um yeah, we, we've done pretty well against an unbeaten team. You know, the team should take a wee bit of confidence from that. But like you say, they're in this sort of fragile state where the main guys that we expect to step up seem to have this sort of scar tissue, don't they? And mm-hmm. wherever, the, if they lose a goal, they, they all shit themselves. And that's that's really where, where I struggle with because I think those are the types of guys that need to drag you forward. But one thing I would say is, is that Hibs will have looked at the blueprint from Aberdeen and the way they played against us a couple of weeks back. And they will be going to replicate that, and they know that if they get a, a fast start, or if they're able to hold the, you know, hold us off for the first 20, 25 minutes and have the crowd turning against them, then they know then that puts ourselves under pressure, and that's when our players start to panic. So I'm hoping, mate, I'm hoping that he won't shake things up too drastically, but maybe that wee bit of motivation from the new manager coming in and players, like you said, having to show a wee bit of belief and a wee bit of a wee bit of gumption and a wee bit of balls, basically, to go out and, and, and prove to the manager that they deserve to be there. Hopefully, that's enough to see us through. And I, lo- I look at these next lot of games as a really good opportunity. I'm not, I'm actually excited about them. I'm not overly worried, but I'm, at the same time, I think it's a really good opportunity for the players to go out and, and put their mark down and show the manager that they deserve to be there. Definitely. Um just looking at RFC 72 there, it says his wee promo video that we played at the start. He had a 4-3-3 set up on the tactics board with one central defensive midfielder. Um, the central defensive midfielders are going to need to have legs, be it one or two are going to have legs because he will commit his full-backs forward. That's what he's known for. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how he deploys Todd Cantwell. I think Todd Cantwell still yeah. is our most creative and best player in the squad and also gets the club um, and knows what it's all about. Will give 100% will go, um, you know, to the end of time to get, you see, we've talked about his, the Beautiful Game podcast, his, the, the body recorded, fantastic, and his passion for Rangers really shone through. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where he deploys him because I think Michael Beale 
put Cantwell out to maybe try and get the best out of the others, and didn't Aye. he? Did, he, didn't he, he kept, he kept, he kept on moving them about. He's, he's, he's better in the centre, and you, and you build the team about him. Yeah. Because Paul, then he was so good there towards the end of last season, wasn't he, mate? He was flat. Wow. He it was, was flat. Weird. And then Lammers came in and sort of took that position and, and he moved Cantwell out. Do you remember even the first game of the season? He dropped him. He dropped yeah. him out of Kilmarnock enough. And then, and, you know, it, I think Bill realised very quickly that, holy shit, this is not the, this is not the answer. And he, like you said, Scott, he was trying to move, he was trying to move things around, these wee chess pieces around. And I think, well, obviously to his detriment, but, you know, you, you can't afford to leave Cantwell out, you know, and hopefully, yeah. you know, you know, hopefully, I know he's been off for a couple of weeks with an injury, but hopefully he's able to come straight back into the squad and team again. And, and, and you know, because he has been a really good catalyst for, for some of our better performances this season. Again, yeah. if they're going to commit bodies forward, which I don't think they'll do gung-ho on Saturday, but they will certainly try and hit us on the counter. They'll try and suck us in and let us, you know, then, then spring over the top. That's obvious with the pace they've got. It's about how we use the ball. It's about being brave on the ball. Um, I think, going back to Clement's um, unveiling, his, his press conference, he, he did say about, and I mentioned this in the Patreon, but he did say about, you know, making mistakes. And he says the best teams make mistakes. He says, mm. the best teams, it's how they react to the mistakes that make them the best teams. And it's so clear, our guys are scared to make a mistake. So it's a safe pass. The, the previous manager alluded to it. They want to play safe. Now, if I'm coming out as a Rangers manager and saying they want to play safe, as an opposition manager, Barry Robson, you know, Nick Montgomery, Stephen Naismith, whoever else that's gone there to set up, I would be saying, get in Rangers' face. Why? Because Borner's going to get the ball and he's going to pass it back. Because he wants to play safe. These managers just say they want yeah. to play safe. At Rangers, you're a Rangers player for a reason. Go and take a risk. Go and take a man on. Go and pass the ball forward. Try and create. If somebody's not moving in front of you, scream at them. Get them moving. You know, try and inject a bit of energy and a bit of pace into the team. And hopefully it, it, it works long term. That's the bit that has to change. Bravery on the ball. That's the bit that Clement yeah. has to get right first. He has to get this confidence in them where they can go and take a man on. Because see when they do that, Rangers are a pretty good team. See when they move the ball quickly, even with the new players we've got, I don't believe every single one of them's a diddy, by the way. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It is just confidence, Scott, though. You're right, mate. It's, yeah. just, it's, it's all confidence. And the thing is, it's it, and that's where the, the, the weakness and the personality of the major players, the, the, the leaders, that leadership group, has really, really disappointed me this season because they're the players you expect to be able to step up when other players aren't doing it. But... Yeah, let's be totally honest, mate. They're not doing that job, and that's why we're all so disappointed. That's why people are calling for Tav and Goldson and and, and the likes of uh, Borna Barisic to be to be punted because they're the ones that have been there over the course and won leagues, and they're the ones you want to be able to go right when when Lammers isn't playing well or Big Desers isn't playing well. Come on, we have got you. We're behind you. But they're mm -hmm. the ones who are looking like shite bags. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So mm -hmm. when that confidence is up and they're flying, mate, I I'm the same as you. I don't believe that. I don't believe that Lammers is a bad player. I don't believe that Dessers is a bad player. But once those guys get that wee bit of confidence or an armour in the shoulder or they get that, that they get those first couple of goals or things start to click, then I think you should and hopefully see a better version of what they are. Well, the best best thing of that ball is Abdel Asima. He's got a bit of confidence yeah. and look what's yeah. happened to the boy. Do you know what I mean? He can he's taking men on, he's going, he's taking chances, he's he's shooting, he's you know, simple things that weren't happening before. The safe thing would be I'll, I'll go and I'll go to my man and I'll turn back and I'll pass it back to Borna behind me. He's yeah. no. He's trying to take man on. Does it work all the time? No. Does it work all the time with Cantwell? I tell you, it doesn't work all the time with Jack Grealish. Does it work all the time with Ronaldo in his prime? That's football, but it's how they get back. See, if you lose the ball at Ibrox, work your ass off to get it back. Let the fans see that you're, you're 
you know, you're at it. I want that ball back. We're obsessed with it. Yeah, that's the thing. As, as football, as football fans, all we want is them to give their all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You might not be the best. You might not be the best player in the world, but if you give a hundred percent every time you step in that pitch, we recognise that as fans. Mm. You're not. You're not going to. You're not going to be world beaters. You're not going to be Ronaldo. You're not going to be Messi. But at least if you're a decent player, you try hard. If you look, if you try something that doesn't come off, but you but you go back and you tackle and you win the ball, that's fair enough. If you go to Lisbon, just go for fuck's sake, you know what I mean? Then you, and you kind of well, give up. Isn't that, that why that, we all love Todd Cantwell? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's yeah. what Todd Cantwell brings. Todd Cantwell, and that's why he has to be front and center. I mean, I, we have talked about this so many times when Cantwell first came in. We never expected this version of him. We expected the fancy pretty boy winger who would you beat two or three players and not get stuck in. Todd Cantwell is the catalyst and he should he's shown these leaderships, you know, players that yeah. what, they, what you really need to bring. And if you can yeah. get if you can bottle what Todd Cantwell's doing, then then we're gonna have a completely different team. But that's what we're lacking, mate. That's what we're severely lacking. But at the same time, that's why we all love Cantwell. Because he yeah. will do the hard graft, he, even when and, and because he's a silky player, <laughs> when he combines that with the hard graft, mate, he looks he looks brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right, you're right about Absima, by the way. I just I was going to go to Absima. It's a player who started, um, he tried all sorts of stuff, didn't come off. Crowd were getting a bit restless with him, you know, and and, and there was a lot of derision coming from the stands. I mean, but he just he got his, stuck, got his, head, um, his head down, um, worked hard, come back, and now he's creating and he's scoring. And he's probably one of our most consistent players. Now, that takes not only ability, but an awful lot of mental strength as well yeah. to do that. And unfortunately, it seems like some of these players are lacking in maybe both of that, ability and mental strength. And yeah. as a sh- and, and, and if they are, then especially when it comes to uh, mental strength, then you can you do get a feel for them because Glasgow's a Glasgow's a, is a goldfish bowl. So I mean you, you've got to be able to handle the pressure up here. Yeah. And if you can't do that, then I'm afraid you're gonna that's what I was saying, sink or swim. You know, and and unfortunately, just now Dessers looks absolutely shot. It looks devoid, devoid of confidence. Uh, and I, and in fact, I did see um as uh, a footage when he was getting uh, walking off the park once, and he and I think the only person who was right about him was John Lundstrom, and he was just sort of patting the shoulder, just saying, "It's all right, it's all right, it's all right." Oh, of course, Tavon Goldson on the way off the other side of the pitch. Do you know what I mean? And actually, that's what your point you're getting at. It should be people at Goldson and Tav coming up to him saying it's okay. Try, try to protect him, even if they do it visually on the park, if he's getting booed. You know, they surround him. He's, he's one of us. He's our mate. It'll come good. Do you know what I mean? No, no, and that's, that's what I'm saying, Paul, isn't it? That's why we're expecting those big yeah. players. And, and, and I, I can't remember who made the comment, but I think it was uh, Tim Sharp. I think yeah, you, those players have only won one, one title. And there definitely needs to be, look, we, we know there needs to be a change. We've been talking about changes in this team for a long, long time. And, and you know, but again, that's not going to happen overnight, is it? It's not going to happen in January. And there's guys in there who are probably on big contracts who are not going to get the same sort of money if they move back down to the championship in England or even even less lesser teams. So let's be honest. We, we all might say, get rid of Tav, get rid of goals and get rid of Barrett. Well, Barisic could potentially go for free. But those guys are on still on a couple of years on their contracts on We lost Gio again. I think we've lost Gio again. Yeah, <laughs> sure. unfortunately. Yeah, that's, that's a nice thumbnail we had there, though, wasn't it? No, but um, yeah, yeah. But I think that's. I'm not. I'm not having. I'm not trying to make excuses for anybody. My, my point was, you know, um, sometimes the shirt is a bit too heavy for them, as as Nicola uh, has said in the chat there. 
um, and a bit of self-belief as well. Yeah, as, but uh, I, I think I'd like to think that um, a new manager coming in, a bit of an arm around them. And you have to remember, an awful lot of these players have been played out of position by Beale. I mean, as, as we talked last night on the, on the, the um, Patreon podcast, was, and I just said, look, Jose Cifuentes comes in, Beale says he's going to be going to take us to the next level. He's a central midfielder, attacking midfielder. Where does he play him? Right side of midfield, just ahead of Tav. And he's asked, he's been asked to perform defensive duties, something he's never done in his playing career. You know, he's still, he's still right in the deep end, out of position, in a team lacking confidence, um, and, and a team that's leaking goals left, right, etc., and can't score. And all of a sudden, people start to turn on him. Well, you know, I give the guy a chance. He's see, he's yeah. playing out, he's playing out a position in a strange country. Uh, you've got to give guys time, just a little bit of time. Are we impatient? Maybe a little bit. Do we demand uh, results and do we expect um, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Performance? Absolutely. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. it's a it's a collective thing. What one or two guys can have an off day as long as the rest of the team can carry them on. Unfortunately, everybody just looks completely devoid of confidence, completely devoid of ability, and and completely of. And, not knowing what they're doing, they're almost like running around like headless chickens. I mean, punting long balls into the box for the last 20 minutes of a match. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's schoolboy, it's schoolboy stuff. It's just no, it, it, listen, it's, it's easy for us to sit there and say, Oh, you know, we're, we're shite and this, that, and the players are looking, you know, he's a daddy and whatever else. It's dead easy for us to sit there and say that, but only the players on the park can change. Uh, what we're doing uh, and how things look going forward. What I would say, looking at that Bruges season in nineteen twenty when they won the league and arguably played their, their best football under Clement, it wasn't heavily reliant on, as we've been, Morelos, a Kent, right? It was pretty much spread out. The goals were spread out as well. A lot of stuff was, I think their top goal scorer, for instance, I was reading a bit there, and I think their top goal scorer was actually an attacking midfielder. Um, so again, it was Hans Vanneken. So again, it shows you the importance of guys like Todd Cantwell. Um, you know, Kamar Roof even, you know, dropping deep, linking up with play if he's fit. Um, we could, you know, you can get 10, 15 goals out of Todd Cantwell if you play him in the right area of the park. Um, mm. He can also create the same amount, if not more. Uh, and that's what one interesting stat as well, I think, which unless Clement's able to evolve... Um, for what he did that year a high percentage of, of saves from the goalie at the time was uh, Mignoli who used to be at uh, Liverpool he saved them on countless occasions when they were overload attack and get caught in the break um, something that by the way can happen to us quite often because Ibrox oh. should be on the front foot and taking the, taking the game to teams um, so I would say that getting the, the fact that we've got Jack Butland in there is huge for us because we've got a goalkeeper there that we can trust that will pull off the big save that he has to make through a game. You know, he might only have to make one or two massive saves, but usually Jack Butland's there to make them. Um, he can come and collect crosses and stuff like that as well. So I think Philip Clement, one thing that Bill has done is he sorted out that goalkeeping uh, situation. Mm -hmm. And Philip Clement's going to inherit a, a fantastic goalkeeper there that would be worthy of walking into many Premier League teams, to be fair. You know, it'd be back up at Man United. I bet you Man United are looking now, considering they went and spent how much money on Onana. Who might oh, turn up to get goalkeeper for them? But I bet they're looking now and going, by the way, we maybe had no bad goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> he was sitting on my bench. Um, so, 
just the wee things highlighting that for patience for fans because we will probably at times teams are going to break on us <laughs> but that's the nature of it you know if we're going to go forward and play football that's that's what we're going to we're going to have to ex- expect that from time to time and it's all about what we need you know in the midfield I don't believe he'll be happy with Lundstrom as he's holding midfielder I don't think he's no. got the legs to be it no he doesn't um, does he Mary? and this is Lundstrom's last year of his contract as well isn't he so yeah like I said, you know, a few times now, the only way is down for a lot of these guys. They're not going to find a club the size of our own and and that, you know, that can afford to play in Europe and bring those massive, massive nights. Let's be honest, John Lundstrom might come back down in, in the England and play in the championship, you know, in front of 5,000 people, 12,000 people. Do you know what I mean? At, at his home ground. So he's playing for his future, mate. But like you say, Scotty, he's not got the legs to, to be and be dynamic enough to, to run a game from that position. I don't believe Raskin has done enough either, and I don't no. believe Jack is consistent enough. So, yeah, he's got, he's got a lot of things here, and like you said, I, mean, I think what he'll probably do from now until from now until the end of this season will be trying to get the best out of what he's got and then look at his own version of a rebuild come come the end of this season. I like I like that analogy, by the way. <laughs> I always like the bad kid from Toy Story, Sid, his name is. Putting the wrong parts with the wrong toy. Hopefully, the Frankenstein. Plays players in correct positions. I like that. Um, that's right up my street, the old Toy Story. We need many of them in Fitba. Definitely need many of them in Fitba. What more what, Toy, Story Toy Story analogies? analogies? Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be my thing now, that and wrestling. I always try and squeeze the wrestling in somewhere. But Toy Story is going to start coming into the fold as well. Scott, there's another one made another comment, and, and I've, this is probably the second or third time I've seen this tonight. You know, it, it, I think what we've got is an opportunity for the fans to get behind the team as well, and I think they will. I think the fans have been so devoid of of anything on the pitch. You know, like I, I was over recently and watched that Motherwell game, and you know what, mate? Besides a deflected goal, there wasn't a hell of a lot to get excited about. So I think I, I think this has been needed for for the fans as well because mm. they'll have something to get behind now. They'll, they'll, you know, and, and hopefully if we see the likes of Cantwell come back in and bring that energy, it'll, it, the the crowd will feed off it as well. And and you know maybe they'll maybe they'll you know give us an opportunity to to, to get excited again and and, and for, to bring back that relationship. He did talk about that in his press conference about about the relationship between the fans and the club and the players. You know, so it'll be interesting to see you know if he if he can bring out some sort of enthusiasm from this team. If he manages it, mate, and wins trophies and stuff like that, he'll have a friend in me. No, okay, Paul. I want to wait for Tumbleweed, mate. Uh, <laughs> Bastard, I should have the music. Though. <laughs> 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 oh, I was going to say you're my favourite deputy, but... <laughs> you're my favourite deputy. <laughs> um, so... Curry has asked a couple of questions here, not just the wrestling one, I know that's tongue-in-cheek, but um, and I've noted it down and we will get to it. Um, Paul's instant reaction to that, yes, oh, it was good, wasn't it? <laughs> enjoyed that. What about that as well? I mean, he hasn't, he did say that he would like someone in the club who, who has experience of the league and has experience of, of Scotland in his coaching setup. so that's going to be, that's going to be an interesting one, mate, about the names branded around. Do you remember the famous Pedro Cushina brought in um, uh, Jay... Yep, he brought in Jonathan Johansson. So it'll be interesting to see who he brings in, if he's going to maybe have a wee bit of continuity and, and and maybe try and convince Stephen Davis to hang up the boots and join the coaching's team, if he's going to bring Alex Ray, Neil McCann, even Kempson, Kevin Thompson, who's been mentioned quite a lot over the last lot of years. So it'll be interesting to see who he brings in for that in that capacity. Oh, listen, bringing in Neil McCann, I think, would be huge. And me and Paul, we, we spoke about this last night, mate. And, we did, and, indeed. Uh, 
Neil McCann. I went on a wee bit of a rant. Not a rant, just a, just an opinion that Stephen Davis should not be the person who's the coach, yeah. right? Who's going to be the, the the local coach, if you like. Reason being is he, he still wants to be a player. He, he's had to pause his coaching badges because he's injury, you know, and, and focus on his recovery and things like that. Stephen Davis is also close to too many players in that squad, given yeah. he's still a teammate of them. That, that Stephen Davis's time as being a coach and a manager at Rangers will hopefully come because we all want to see ex players do well. So hopefully come. Um, he needs to go away and learn his trade, though, doesn't he? Properly, yeah. he needs that. Yeah, he needs to learn about what a manager is. You know, and he needs to learn at a smaller club. You know, right. uh, you know, and 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 build that build that up. He's not going to get that by by like you said, he's too close. And I thought that was the problem. You know, whenever he came out and picked that first team against that Limassol team. He just didn't have the, the. I think he showed a wee bit more balls in the second game by bringing in the kids right off. Yeah. You know, but I, I think he's probably too close, mate. It's a wee bit of that B thing, isn't it? He, he, you know, when he called the guy his mates. Remember when when B was up when Gio was still in, in place and he said, "Oh, I'm just up to see my friends," and yeah. he named off like five or six players. It is the same. It's very difficult to drop your mates. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When you're these are the guys you're playing with. So yeah, you're 100 right. But somebody like Neil McCann, mate. Um, is, would probably be my shout. He knows the league really well. He's been a manager and coach in his own right. And you know, and again, I know it's not a prerequisite, but he does have he does have the club in his heart. So um, he's, yeah, he's watching Scottish football every single week, mate, yeah. for the BBC. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he sees the league, and he's not afraid to, to say his piece. Sure, he's not. Yeah, exactly. That's, 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 what we, that's what we need. All things, all things we said last night. Uh, and, but but you made a great point last night as well. That even the great Stephen Gerrard, when he got back to Liverpool, does they get promoted to the first team coaching staff? Yeah. You know, he's manager of the under 18s He's mm. own set a team out. Go and do that. Right, and then see how it goes. And if it's a philosophy throughout the club and all that nonsense that they talk about, then yeah, it'll be an easy transition. But um I don't listen, I know, I know, right, with his comments towards Morelos, a lot worse were probably said in the stands against Morelos and guys like Kent and whatever else than what's been said uh, for Neil McCann. Um Kevin Thompson I've spoke to Kevin Thompson. I think I think Kevin Thompson would well he would walk to it. <laughs> Let's face yeah. it. He wouldn't need to ask him twice, um, and he would be there. I, I, I quite like Neil McCann, Kevin Thompson vibes. Go, go down that route. Um, young coach. Scott Alex Ray. Even Alex Ray has obviously been well thought of by the club enough, and he's been yeah. an assistant to, to um, Alex McLeish, and he knows that he knows the Belgian game. He knows our game. You know, I, you know. I don't think the club put him in there to support Stephen Davis without thinking, you know, very highly of him as well. So yeah. Also, what and and when Walter came back, and I always I need to stop talking about that. But when Walter came back, he brought in McCoist and Durant was already there. It was two ex players, you know, to get in about the players. There's no reason why we can't have, you know, Thompson, McCann, and and build. You know, let's get a, a core of players there, the ex players there, and it doesn't need to be an ex player. I said this last night. It just has to be people who are qualified. But if they get the club, there's a positive, a wee tick in the box, and and I don't mm. see there being any, any. As it's Stuart, I'm a you, mate. I, I absolutely love um, Alfredo Morelos. See the saying. pictures of him as well lately. The pictures of him looking all lean and stuff, mate. And, <laughs> and you know, he's lost his big arse and everything. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> there, Stephen. Stephen, who would we go with then? Who would we go with? He said McCann and Thompson. Not enough experience at present. Um, we can carry. We can't carry any more passengers who would we go with then as a coach that's 
you know, experienced enough, knows the league and can be a soundboard if you like to Philip Clement because that's what he's going to be. He's going to be a soundboard for, uh, you know, when we come up against uh, different teams in the league and how to break them down, etc. Looking again, Hibs, any any thoughts, any further thoughts on what we expect to see in terms of selection? He's getting some injuries. He's getting some injured players back. You know, Campbell's back. Danilo is donning the mask. Um, mm. I think somebody put a cast or badge on and started selling the way, it. The way memes time. in the last couple of days. There's somebody somebody put his photoshopped his head onto Batman and everything as well. It was brilliant. Nico Ras. Nico Ras. It looked like a fucking welder's mask, didn't it? It absolutely looked like an app. This big thing, this big construction on his face. Brilliant. Nico Raskin put on his Instagram, welcome back, Leonardo, with a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle next to him. Love it. Um, how his midfield is, is going to be made up, I think, is interesting. Defensively, we're kind of as you were, and we'll get to some of the questions because there's been a few questions about that. Um, <laughs> Stephen Payton's come back with his is is Alex Ray. Listen, I don't have an issue. I think Alex Ray could be there. I think you can have him McCann as well in there with him. You know, I genuinely do. I think I think that would work. Um, <laughs> as long as we put on a big show. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, what the fuck have we started here? Tell you, there's a buzz about the place. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's definitely not going to... No, we'll not even go there, right? We'll not go there. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to you off. <laughs> <laughs> See? I can do it too. Maybe you look at Bobby. <laughs> Aye. Let's not. That's just, that's just bring back to me for <laughs> So, uh, he's got players back. Geo, so he's got he's got options. Yeah, yeah. Can go with, you know, where Danilo and Cantwell's fit enough to start, we don't know, but they're certainly back training. He'll do the he'll do the presser tomorrow, won't he? He'll do his that's his first proper press conference, his first pre-match press conference. He'll probably yeah, do that tomorrow. Well. And I'm sure there wasn't obviously not much chat about the individuals, you know, the other day, but I, I would imagine tomorrow we'll get the who's injured and, and who's available and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, look, for the first time in a wee while, he, he, he's got, you know, a, a few players back. I think Kieran Dowd should be back. Tom Lawrence should be back. I don't know if they're... haven't seen any pictures of them to train him, but I'm hoping they're back within the next week or two. There's been um, a lot of pictures, though. What? There's not been a lot of pictures in general of the training. There was Tuesday's wee gallery. That was at yesterday. Uh, obviously off. There's, I don't think there's been anything today, unless there's been anything put up when we've been on here. So it's, it's been quite quiet yeah yeah and maybe he's wanted it that way maybe he's what he's wanted it that way as well i mean I, I know there was a few players away for international duty but let me ask you so who, who were the players away for international duty i mean is it just borna or am i missing something was there anybody else away no. or was away. Aye. Um, and Fuentes was away yeah there was a couple that's right was he away as well well there you go yeah. so you know he's Hopefully it's given him an opportunity to see the, the young guys as well. I mean, a, a Bailey Rice has been talked about quite a lot recently. I still think it's probably a wee bit too early and I would still put him slightly down the pecking order in terms of in terms of where he is, no matter what his age is. But I still think there's players there who deserve to be given, you know, an opportunity to shine for the new manager. But hopefully the, the likes of the young lads who have come in recently and done reasonably well, hopefully they'll be given an opportunity as, as the season goes on as well. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's going to be exciting because uh, you know I'd say Seema's probably nailed on if he's fit. Well, Seema was away as well. Sorry, he was away with Senegal, so he was yeah. he was another one that was away. So uh, yeah, right. everyone's not seen him up up close. Although he has watched all the games because he's sadistic as fuck. Obviously, um, <laughs> wow, um, torture but, record, isn't it, mate? <sighs> fucking hell, man. 
Tony he, still, he still took the job when he was offered it, so he obviously <laughs> sees something that he that he can he work must with. Have, so must must have been drunk. <laughs> I know. So we basically just hired a big baldy Belgian bastard. He's always blocked. Yes. Aye. Aye. Essentially, that's it. Aye. Um, it's it's going to be a, a. I hope people are maybe looking forward to the future rather than, than dreading it yeah, as we have yeah, been. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see what comes, and then we'll see what he what he what he can do in the transfer window. Uh, of course, director of football still to be appointed as well, yeah. which will help him, and that's a key role um, for any future manager that's coming in, as well as Philip Clement. You know, so um, let's hope we get that one correct. Going to predictions now. Um, in fact, before do we see any upset in terms of like you know a surprise? No upset, but any surprise in terms of the selection? No, is there going to be a wild card? Do you think? Do you think he'll throw a wee surprise in there, or do you think it'll be same as? I think it was same as. I think his hands are pretty much tied, especially as we said defensively. Um, if Cantwell's fit, he starts in my opinion, and if Danilo is uh, ready to go, I'd stick him on and all. Apart from that, I don't see any surprises there. No. And the thing is as well, Joe, is like I said, he's no he's not going to have long working with the full squad. Um yeah. so you know, there've been players that have been there all week training with him that he'll know and, and he did say in his press conference the team that's been on the training pitch won't be the team that's that starts on Saturday. He's not afraid to throw in um youth, by the way. Yeah, uh, he's not afraid to, to throw in a young kid. So We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, he also said about about Belgian players like, and I know Dessers is you know in the Nigeria yeah. squad, obviously Belgian born and Nico Raskin Belgian. He doesn't care whether you're thirty two or nineteen. He doesn't care whether you come from Belgium or you're British or whatever. Mm. He'll put the same into everybody. I, I think that's a kind of like. Doesn't matter who you're to me. You're here to win for this football club, and it doesn't matter whether we share a nationality or not. You're here to do a job. I like that. There's no favouritism there. Yeah. I like that as well. Yeah, and and do you know what, man? I've talked about it for for a long time as well. I hope he doesn't take on the same snobbery as the likes of Michael Beale and not look at our own league when it comes to recruitment. Because yeah. we, we we've been able to produce some cracking players, and I know everyone. And again, I sound like a copy and paste job here, but the likes of young Lewis Ferguson has been good enough to play in Serie A. And the likes of those young lads who 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 went to Bologna and, and and teams like that in Italy and are now being talked about moving on to Aaron Hickey and I know he's a, you know could have been a Celtic fan and all this here, but you know there is quality in in the league that you know the young boy Max Johnson he left at um, Motherwell last season you know so I hope he looks within the league as well because I do believe we need a core identity of of homegrown players you know as well but look like you said mate he's not he's not going to be afraid that. The, the, the pick people based on reputation or age and that's good to see but going forward mate I don't think there's going to be too many changes I hope he does throw a wee curveball in there I hope he does do something slightly different to give us to get the you know the players thinking and get a wee reaction out of them but I don't see too much changing but first and foremost maybe he has to get Todd Campbell back in that team in terms of personnel I don't think there'll be too much changes but in terms of system style there's got to be Right, and I'm not, Saturday, well, I'm not just saying for Saturday, I'm saying longer term because yeah. we never had a system, we never had a style. The attitude was poor. Um, I said last night, a lot of the players look as though they came disengaged with the club, uh, which is really, really sad to see. Um, so it's 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 we need to, we need to get this right, you know, and, and it, all the players need to buy in. And I think they'll they'll find 
this time it's not going to be the manager that's moving on, it's going to be them. Yeah. Um, because they've, they've presided over how many managers now that have, that have lost their jobs. Not all of them are poor managers, by the way. I don't think Gio's a poor manager. I think he'd done things wrong, right? Wasn't he backed and was let down by cheap bags? Um, and that pretty much sums up his his tenure, I think. Michael Beale was just a wild card. And we said last night, Paul, Michael Beale would not have been anywhere near the Rangers manager's job had he not been coach. Yeah. Uh, and that's no. the kind of things we have to stop doing. You know, get the people in place that are actual proper managers. And I would credit the board this time that the, yeah. the, the two of the narrowed it, don't they, are proper managers, way experience, who've won things. That's that's decent. That's starting to act again like a normal football club and no going out and these mad the, pro- the bail appointment was uh, the bail appointment was lazy, wasn't it? The bail oh, appointment was really lazy, mate. And it was it was yeah. yes, it could have it could have turned out better than it did and, and you know, all of those what ifs and buts and maybe's. Look, Michael Bale is obviously a really good guy. I don't think he he'll always have the club in his heart and you know in terms of him as a manager, again, I think he needs to go away and be a manager in his own right for longer. We took him off QPR, what, after 10 or 12 games, and he showed a few things there, but nothing outright. That's what he needs to do. Michael Bean needs to go back and learn that sort of trade and that side of it, like you said with Stephen Davis, mate. But, look, you know, I think what we have in place now is a manager. You know, he's a guy who's won leagues. He's managed at different, at different levels and across different things. He's not just won a league in his own country. He's gone and, and and worked with smaller clubs, bigger clubs. He's won back-to-back leagues with three or with three leagues in two different clubs. He's gone and yeah. tested himself in, in another country as well. Mm. He's got that experience, and again, he, he hopefully he holds that air of authority that you know these guys do realize that they are playing for their futures. But I'm really excited, like you said, man. I'm really excited by it. You know, I'm really excited by the weekend. I'm not. I'm not looking at it as a nervous thing. I think you know. I'm I'm, I'm hoping that he goes out there and gets the players cheered up and gets the players excited. Like you say, mate, if they buy into it, they'll have a future there. And if they don't, you'll have to move them on. Yeah, totally. I kind of agree with that, by the way, with Paul. You know, see this, no playing competitive football. It's like you're breeding players there who don't win. Well, it doesn't really matter then, does it? I get they're playing against the elite and, and all that stuff. Mm. But I just feel as though we should always be winning. You know, we should always be... Not always be winning. That's Because it's youth at the end of the day. I, I don't mean that. I just mean... I suppose there's a style of play and, and, and you go and you implement that, fair enough. But I, I don't know, win at all costs at Rangers, isn't it? That's, that's, that's yeah. That needs to be a top-to-bottom thing, doesn't it? And a bottom-down as well, or a top-down thing as well. It needs to be yeah. needs to be a mentality throughout the entire club. And yeah, I remember I remember some of our, our, our youth department saying, our youth coaches saying, oh, we, we play systems and styles. We don't care about winning. It's it's getting in. You know, that's, that's shite. You know, Glasgow Rangers, <laughs> mate. No, it's your Glasgow Rangers. Yeah. You're there to win. You know, and yeah. that confidence, that confidence, then comes as players move on. And Alex Laurie, I know there's there's been a lot of people talking about bringing Alex Laurie back, and I definitely don't think he should come back. But I like players who have a wee bit of swagger about them, and he he, he want he play with a chest up a wee bit of that Barry Ferguson type. I'm not saying they're the same types of players. But, no, 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 yeah. exactly. But you know, when you've got a player like that who comes along, nurture him. Don't fucking stick him out and and, and hang him out to dry and and. You know, bring him on, let him let him get out there. Todd Campbell is a perfect example of that. And yeah. if you can combine those things, then you'll have cracking players. I can't see Clement coming in and making that Dick Advocate type of, of move where he brought back a Barry Ferguson out of nowhere. But you know, again, hopefully, hopefully that he just sticks a rocket up the players' arses and we get a wee bit more out of them. Yeah, mm. totally. Totally. Mm. Um how concerning is it Biscroft said that players were brought in? Listen, 
Aye. That's a Ross Wilson thing as well. That's a, that's the problem when you have a director of football that's maybe no good at the job. You know, is that you keep signing shite, and that was the that was the fucking consistent approach under Ross Wilson is we signed players that were not good enough for our football club. This is why the next appointment has, is massive. And the way they the way they've done the scouting, new remembers changed. So data led new. What that means, I don't know. I've said this a million times. I've not got Scooby about it all. Moneyball. <laughs> Scooby, what it means, Scooby, how it's operated, or anything like that. But it can't be any worse than what we've been doing. <laughs> so let's That's see. Certain. Let's see how this pans out. Um, right, we'll get to questions now. Okay, the first person to ask a question was Curry. Can Philip Clement, no, I'm paraphrasing this, but can Philip Clement get more out of the current crop of players? And we said last night, Paul, that is his first job on his to-do list. He yeah. has to get these players in, buying into his way, buying into his 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 belief and his confidence in the, in the club and his belief and confidence that will then root in turn being them and get them playing the way that he wants them to play. So if he can, he may, he'll have failed in job number one. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so we discussed this at length last night. Uh, is un- that is day one, box, day one, box one, first thing to do. Boom, get it ticked off. Get them buying in and get them in, and try and get a tune out of them. He's got, he's, he's got no option. He's, his hands are tied with who he has. He has to try and exploit and get the best he possibly can from the current crop of players. Well, just to add to that, Gio, and I'll come to you as well on that, but what I would say is, the three others I've spoke here tonight, there's been a few people in the comments as well who have openly stated we've been impressed by Clement's words and they cut his jib and stuff like yeah. that in the press conference. That's going to be the, oh, that was the first thing he will have had with the team, would have been a meeting to discuss things. He's watched all the games, he knows who's playing well and who's not playing so well. Um, he knows who he needs to put an arm around and who he needs to maybe give a kick up the arse. That, that to me all leads into that if, if they don't, turn it around and, and, and get a wee G up for that, then he knows straight away who's in and yeah. who's out. Yeah, I, like you said, man, I think there, were, think there was other things in the comments there. He's not afraid to drop big players. And it, he, look, let, let's be totally honest, he's not going to suffer fools lightly. He's watched all the games this season. He's probably watched games from last season as well because he'll have his ideas of who these players are. And yeah, he's done his due diligence. He'll know these guys are on the contracts and how long they're going to be there for. And he'll probably be in a situation where he has to work with certain people based on that. But like I said, mate, I don't think he'll suffer foods lightly. And if a Tav or a Goldson or a, or a Barisic plays shite, well then I, I don't think he'll be afraid to drop them. And other than those three and Butland, who's obviously been the better of the, the signings this season, I don't think he should be afraid to drop them because we do at least have backups in those areas. You know, Balogun hasn't let us down, and I know he's not the answer long-term or even short-term, but Balogun hasn't let us down when he's been in. John Suter, I think, has been sort of harshly pushed out to the left-hand side when obviously... He's more of a right-sided player. And again, I wouldn't have any objections to, at times, if Golson's not performing, to have Suter back in there. So look, and obviously Sterling's there as well. So I, I think those players should be looking over their shoulders now and 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 with the, the belief that if, you know, if they do play badly, where in the past they haven't been dropped, they could potentially be dropped now. Yeah, totally. Um, Next question. And, and, and you might add to that, Paul, in terms of can I get yeah. more of this? No. Um, I can't even remember. So apologies. I can't remember who who asked this question. But Ta, is it is it correct that Tav remains as captain? Obviously, Philip said that, that he sees no reason right now to change James Tavernier as captain. Is that correct in your eyes, policies? And if so, why? And if no, who should be it? 
Well, I, 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 you're going to go with the manager's judgment on this, isn't it? He's 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 paid the big bucks. He's obviously seen what he's seen. What he's seen. He's probably had a discussion with Tavernier. Um, would I strip him? No, because it's going to completely crush his confidence. It's an embarrassment. All that sort of stuff. Um, we may not collectively like it as a fan base because of his perceptions <clears throat> about Tavernier. Um, some people will say, "Oh, it might enhance him because he doesn't have the burden of carrying tra- tra- carrying the team." Well, he doesn't look like he's carrying the team as in um, leadership wise anyway. So it's a it's a difficult one, but I would say no, purely because it may take away what what little confidence he has. Uh, if he was to be, then who would I give it to? Well, there's only there's only really two kind of players you would say just now that are worthy of it, and that one one of them is our new goalkeeper, Jack Butland. He's mm. a commanding he's a commanding presence, uh, very vocal, and and uh, he also speaks very very well. He's, he's he has those leadership qualities. Who else? Somebody else that gets the club reasonably new play Todd Cantwell. Mm. And that's just that's just quickly off the top of my head. Who would do? I would say. So summer. <laughs> I think I I couldn't see him coming out in that press conference. I know he was asked about it initially, but I couldn't see him coming out and, and hanging any player out to dry, especially the likes of Tav. He will, no. like I said, and I've said repeatedly, he'll have done his due diligence. He'll realise that Tav's a, a Hall of Fame player, no matter how shit he's been recently. He's not going to do that. And I remember the fallout from Dick Advocate when he when he dropped ammo and made Barry Ferguson captain, and ultimately approved a, a good move. But there was a hell of a lot of, of fallout from that, and it took Amoruso a good we could be well to get over that. I think what it also done is made other players and it made a statement of intent that no one was safe, not yeah. even the captain. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So look, you know, I don't think he should be losing it right away, but I do think as we move forward and 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 mm-hmm. as he starts to reevaluate where he wants, you know, to strengthen the team, I, I think a change is probably needed. It's not uncommon for players to come in and, and lose the captaincy and someone to come in and, and do that. So it shouldn't be sort it shouldn't be uncommon for us to do the same thing. See, for me, right, <clears throat> Nadie's criticised James Tavernier, I don't think more than me, uh, in recent months and on the podcast. For, you, you look at his, and I, this is the sort of thing that I slaughter people for, but you look at his numbers this season again, you know, in terms of, like, assists, in terms of, you know, goals, he's, he's always popped up with a goal. There's nobody there that's ready to take that on yet for me in any area of the park. doesn't matter whether it's right back, centre midfield, centre forward. So for me, you need to get Tav on board. Uh, and you need to get Tav, uh, maybe even moving Tav somewhere further forward, long term, getting more out of him. It happened with Rickson, um, I think might might suit Tav in, in the long term. I'm not sure. I think James Tavernier will carry the brunt of a lot of it because he's captain, and that comes with the territory of being captain of the club. That's just the way it goes. But for me, I don't think there's anybody there that's willing to take on that mantle yet. Uh, I don't think he's the old school captain that we all tend to like, you know, Richard Goff, even Barry Ferguson and the, the blood and thunder type. Um, he's more a kind of modern lead for the front in terms of, well, look at my goals, look at, you know, look at, I'm always there, I always pop up, rather than a, I'm going to grab you by the scruff of the neck type. And I know that'll piss off a lot of people, but I'm just talking, you know, long term, I would, I would replace him as captain. Yeah. We need to rely less heavily on James Tavernier without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Um, but the, and, and by the way, just I'm actually meant to mention this earlier, but just as Matt says, going back to implementation of youth, understand that Jacobs overseen the academy, but I truly think Clement will be aligned with Jacobs and the director of football, whole couple in the same way. They both are Belgian, so there's that link already there. There's a relationship that will already been formed there. So I totally agree with that. But I, 
I would like to see the new manager bring his own captain, be it a new player, be it promoting somebody within the squad um, to be the Rangers captain for the next five, ten years, whatever it might be. Um, obviously, they might move on, whatever. Uh, but certainly longer term, medium term, maybe. I would like to see a new a new captain. Um, but right now, no chance. There's no way any new manager, doesn't matter whether it was Kevin Muscat, doesn't matter whether it was Derek McInnes, doesn't matter whether it was it's Philippe Clement. Listen, MD could have walked in there. They ain't stripping Tavi that captaincy. They ain't. It's just you look yeah. at you look at the figures, and it would be madness the new today and like that. Long term, possibly when you get your feet in and and go. Um, I agree. With, I agree with Jay there. I agree with one hundred percent. I probably don't agree with inspire players. I think if players look at the way he always pops up, that does or should inspire players. And I think it says a lot more about the people around him if that doesn't inspire them. And that's probably our issue, to be honest with you. Um, it's no James Tavernier's fault that we are so heavily reliant on him still. Remember, that's the, the people above him. But Scott, our successful teams in the past have had four or five captains, four or five guys yeah. you would literally instantly turn around and go, have the armband, have the armband. There's, and right across the field, you know, from front to back, you could, you know, and, our, and all our heroes, the McCoys, the Hatleys, the Goffs, you know, all of those guys, Gorham, you know, into the midfield, there was any, Stuart McCall, you know, Durant, Ferguson, all of those guys, you could have given any single one of those guys a captaincy and not one person would go, that's a wrong decision. The difference is now, mate, we can't even think of that. And there's people saying in there, talk Cantwell every day, talk Cantwell, no chance. But we're talking about two players, two players realistically, one being a goalkeeper and one guy who's been at the club less than a year, both guys who've been at the club less than a year. So it shows you the state that we're in at the minute, mate, when we can't look to a leadership group, if you want to call it that, and for us all to say anyone, and that's what we need. We need five, six, seven guys who can go out there and be captains because we need that right through the team. I would never yeah. get to Cantwell, right? No. And the reason why I wouldn't get to Cantwell is you look, see when he burst onto the scene at Norwich, he was excellent, right? And then the expectation came and it's a Premier League and then things happened behind the scenes and stuff like that and, and it, it affected his game. I think putting the captaincy on him just, you know, the, the, look at the limelights on him, the new, we're talking about the stuff with Sutton and all that, that just magnifies 100%. And Todd Campbell shouldn't, go and, go and, let him go and play his own game. Just let him go and play. He doesn't need the captaincy. Just let him go and play. He can be a captain without the armband. And I think that's the, the role that he tries to perform as one of the ones um, that, you know, that's going to lead for the front. And that's that's exactly what, what Todd's what Todd's in today. If it's somebody screaming and shouting, you want, listen, John Lundstrom screams and shouts every week. Doesn't mean he's a good captain. Right? <laughs> do you know what I mean? He doesn't even do that anymore, mate. He doesn't even do that anymore, does he? No. He fucking misplaced the ball against Limassol and he just turned around and looked at it. What the fuck's <laughs> happened to John Lundstrom? Um, again, apologies, but I can't remember who this question was. Somebody says, that, well, do you think it's weird that Graham Sooners, Graham Sooners got on board after Michael Beale left? Obviously, referring to the fact Sooners walked away from the from negotiations with the club in the summer um, to... Now he's back on board. He's looking at. Mm. We talked on this a wee bit as well last night, Paul. He's back. He was back on board. They're looking at potential managers, talking to managers, whatever else. So, how do you think? Obviously, Jim White says that he preferred Frank Lampard. I'm glad our board was strong enough to say no to that because <laughs> that was a horror show waiting to happen. But Graham, Graham Sunnis, is it weird that since Bill's left, he's back on board? Not particularly. No, I don't think so. I think um, you. I think it was you actually said last night that uh, it's taken a bit of um, a bit of balls by uh, James Bisgrove to go back to to soon as to say 
really sorry we got it wrong. We would really appreciate it if you yeah, came and gave us a hand with that. Massively, Mitch. And so, that's not a weakness. Should be no. applauded for that. In fact, in fact, it's the exact opposite. It takes the bigger man to admit his mistakes and then trying to rectify them. So, cool. yeah, I think I think uh, it's not weird. Um, I think it's actually a good thing. Yeah. What do you think, Gio? Do you think there was a... I, I was really heavy critical of the of the board during this, this interview process about how I didn't see any footballing men on that board. They, they may all be good directors and good businessmen, but how did they know what qualified them to pick managers, do you know what I mean? None of them has probably been through their, their coaching badges. So what gives them the insight other than being associated with football? So for me, it, 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 I've always said it doesn't necessarily need to be Graham Soonest, but when you've got a, a person like that, his involvement with Rangers or not, a fantastic man, a fantastic leader, a guy who's been captain and manager and, and thing with multiple, you know, huge clubs, why not have him on board? And I think, like you said, mate, I, I think the fact that they have gone back and, and, and actually brought him on board. It, it shows that, you know, they know, they realise they maybe made a balls up the last time and they're actually hoping to rectify that. I think it's great to have him on board. By all accounts, you know, and again, I've probably listened to it back, but by all accounts, he met uh, Philippe Clement fairly early on and spoke to him about the expectations and, and the size and what they expect. And they, they said he had a good, or he said he had a really good chat with him um, that I think he might even mention about for about an hour. So, to me, mate, it's vital that we get footballing people involved in that in some capacity because I just don't think that the board and its current capacity have anyone who really knows that side of the game. Um, Jay's saying, I thought you answered that greatly last night in the Patriots Club. Thanks very much, Jay. That's really nice. Really That's nice. another wee plug, mate. You should be using that as a wee plug to get people to listen to the Patreon. Well, you see, I've put the I've put the address there at the bottom just for that comment specifically. <laughs> <laughs> we're, 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 we're gonna have Jay's gonna have to rename his account to Jay Gallagher Superfan. <laughs> Jay Gallagher loves Scott. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they wee badges, Jay. See the wee uh, badges, bro. Um, <laughs> just a wee picture. I'll get a wee picture done of you and Scott and a wee thing and all. Will it? Um, yeah. Are we lock it wearing his neck, guy? Oh, but no, but see, on the Patreon, though, we, we all are trying to. Callum actually asked because he wants to do blogs on it and stuff like that. So Callum's got access to it now as well. But we're trying to do more kind of content for it. I was in touch with David Murray there just during the week about <laughs> picking up that. <laughs> it was a great show before. About picking up that. Hold on, Brandon. We're getting to the lassies. I promise you, we're getting, getting to the lassies. Getting there. Um, Picking up the, the the David Murray years the 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 Murray years uh, series that we did, we got what two episodes in out of four, and then sadly we lost Walter, and we thought it was right to take that away uh, because Walter obviously predominantly you know features heavily through it, uh, and and we didn't think it was right, and nobody was comfortable doing it, so we took it away. David Murray has got a book coming out, I believe, in March, um, and he has agreed to do a sit down with the podcast. Um, and tell his side of things and kind of promote his book a wee bit. No Ooh, one on this spicy, pod- No one really on this podcast, by the way, will, will is David Murray FC. Nobody's Craig White FC. No, well, nobody's Craig White FC. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> We're all Rangers FC. However, if there is an opportunity to ask questions of people who have heavily shaped our club, both positive and negative then I think it would be probably remiss of us not to explore it um, and there's an opportunity there that we might be able to explore it um, so hopefully we can do that um, that will be on our Patreon um, if MD wants to join 
join and we'll, and we'll get it uploaded. Will we, will we invite Gio live so he can't say never get an invite for tomorrow? <laughs> we know Philippe's going to do his press conference tomorrow, so we'll maybe pick up for a wee five, ten minutes for the patron tomorrow and give a wee reaction to the to the, the, the press conference at some point because as you said Gio he will answer specific questions on players and stuff like that tomorrow and who's available who's no um, and his thoughts ahead of his first game so that'll be tomorrow um, at some point we'll put it out on Friday night whenever we manage to get it recorded and then maybe people will want to listen to it as they as they go to the game on Saturday which would be great um, I think we'll take one more question which I've got wrote down here uh, which is options. What options does Philippe Clement have if the usual don't perform? Easy I think that was Curry who asked that, man. Curry. Easy answer for yeah. me. No fucking options. <laughs> he no. has to get the best out of them until January at least. Yeah. Wait, that's it. We already alluded to that. Um, I'm probably talked to death. He has to he has to work with who he has until at least January. Bisgrove was asked about um recruitment and they basically and it was and even Clement both both of them said we have to assess who we have just now. Um there'll be no major changes. We're not going to do our 10 players again. Um we'll get us we'll have we'll, we'll assess, look at things in January, and then again at the end of the season. Now bear in mind some players have got a contract at the end of the season and some will definitely be moved on. Whether they be legacy players or some have just been recruited, it doesn't matter. Looks like we're not afraid to sell players, we've just got the door, done it with Cholak. Totally. Uh, Gio, anything to add to that in terms of the options? We obviously have youth just, players, but... Yeah, just like you say, mate, I don't think we have options. Let's be totally honest, mate. Um, we, we, you know, we've just spent a, a, you know, a, a reasonable size amount of money uh, you know, uh, in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing, but on, on three bloody forward players. And I know that the money mentioned has been anywhere between 10 and 15 million. I think the board, you know, let, let's be honest, they're looking at this as a, as a long-term project. I don't think they're going to give him any false hopes and potentially piss the guy off when he ends up leaving by saying, oh, you've got an endless pot of money come January, you rebuild the team again. And I think what they will have looked at as well is his ability to develop and, and nurture and get the best out of existing players that we've got there. I think that's probably been one of the, it would be my question if I was bringing in a, a potential manager, I would be saying, how can you get the best out of what we've got? So yeah. I don't think there's going to be a, a massive Paul McGargle's just saying, I know it was a net spend of three million, but you know, at the same time, it was still going out and put a lot of money on those players with big contracts and long-term contracts as well. So I think one of the things he will look to try and do and hopefully try and do is get the best out of what we've got. And look, mate, you know, in a, in a perfect world, we could be talking about Desters and Lammers at the end of the season, both scoring 20 goals each and, and the two of them flying and be worth double what they, the, 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 they were bought for. Do you know what I mean? And ultimately, that's what I would like to see. I don't, I don't like the fact that we've got, you know, big Lammers and Desters misfiring and, and, and people making jokes of them, myself included. I've, I've fucking, you know, I've called them, you know, he makes Philip Sebo look like, you know, you're Ronaldo or something, do you know what I mean? So I would love to eat my own words and say, you know, he, he would come back and he, and score 20 goals. Hopefully he can do that, mate. So I don't think he's going to go out there and and, and have a blank checkbook. There's Lenny just saying he's never been that type of manager. That, that You know, he's never been a checkbook type of manager anyway. No, he always wants to work with who he has first. Yeah. If you look at even his staff, he's only brought in his assistant and he's evaluating all current staff at the moment to see if he can use them first before bringing MD else in. He's going to be prudent with money. That's a that's huge for us. That's massive for us. He's never been used to big checkbooks and massive budgets to go and change things. He's had to work with what he has. 
And that's the kind of manager we needed. So again, credit to the board. Um, and then that, uh, and uh, kind of straight there as well, the manager will have a couple of players we want to bring in straight away to start the transformation 100% and it'll be gradual. You know, so we have to, yeah. we can't go burning bridges with players in day one. Yeah. We have to keep them on board because we need to use them uh, long term until we're able to find replacements and manoeuvre them out the door. Speaking the big games and, and all that, and Rhiannon's jumping about the new owner couch saying, fucking mention this year's. So we are, okay? We have the the women's old firm game at the weekend. Um, currently, right now, Celtic's at top of the table on <laughs> only on alphabetical order. <laughs> in fact, they're yep. C and we are. Um, both teams have played 10 games. We have scored 52 goals. Celtic have scored 52 goals. Celtic have conceded six. Rangers have conceded six. We have a goal difference of plus 46 after 10 games. And so do they. We have drawn a game where they've won 10 out of 10. They've actually managed to get 10 in a row. <laughs> um, 10 out of 10. And Rangers currently sit two points behind them. Sorry, I've said flipping level. I mean level everything else bar points, right? Sorry, I got that wrong. Two points separating the top two. Rangers can... Obviously, go top of the table if they win at Excelsior Stadium, which is just in the road for me. Um, and hopefully, the lassies can do it. They've already beat Celtic this season. Um, so hopefully, they can do it and go top of the table and fucking start the feel-good factor for the weekend. Well, obviously, that may end the feel-good factor of the weekend because hopefully, we'll beat Hibs first. Uh, we, don't want the women to be we want the men to be starting and the women to be continuing it and ending it um, come Sunday. So best of luck to Joe Potter and all the, the players I really really hope that we can get one over in them and sit that wee fucking Egypt doing it's their manager who does <laughs> nothing um, <laughs> he does he's a clown he's a man he's, he's is that the big one who got nutted last year by the, the Rangers manager uh, he's, he's a big wet wipe he's a big fucking... I would have put that boy in charge short term when we were getting Philip come on <laughs> <laughs> just run around sticking the heat in everyone eh? <laughs> just me I think that was a kind of fight we needed but um, so best of luck to them and of course best of luck to Philip Clement and the Rangers first team on Saturday men's first team sorry on Saturday and getting his reign off to the correct start that brings us to the end that was a decent podcast lads I would say aye yes we usually say it's, that it's, only, it's 25 past 8 it's still the night's still a pop we can go on for hours I've, I've still got loads left Geo will be continuing on with Patreon. Say, you want to I'll just say, Gio, 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 you will not sit there. You want, and the simple fact is, it's now been almost an hour and a half. You've been sat in that seat and you've not gone to Lou yet. Paul, I'm Boston. I am literally Paul Boston. Right. We we should have mentioned this. When we were talking about captains. Captain Nick Doc, of course, supporter of the club, uh, and made you know a new captain uh, of the club. Fantastic. Um, and congratulations to her and I hope she picks up many many pieces of silverware as the Rangers captain anyway we shall wrap it up there um, we bit of content tomorrow on our Patreon remember hopefully going to be reacting to Philip Clement's press conference if you're interested in the David Murray stuff in the, in the Murray years is, we're going to do one on Tav next that'll be fucking fun <laughs> We thought Murray was controversial. Fuck me. <laughs> James Tavernier's going to be horrendous. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll cover Tav on that once we get the Murray one ticked off. We'll try and get the next two episodes recorded of the David Murray podcast, um, or the Murray years, um, which will kind of bring in the kind of end of his, his reign. 
Uh, I think we got to maybe McLeish, advocate McLeish time. Um, it was that, yeah, it was, yeah. Run, run about there, wasn't it? So then we'll take it on for there. Le Guin, Walter coming back, and then obviously that selling of the club to, to Craig White. Head over to patreon.com forward slash battle for your pod, sign up, watch the first two episodes. We bit emotional towards the end because we lost Walter, but um, watch the first two episodes and then uh, we'll catch up with you very, very shortly. You'll catch us there tomorrow as well. My thanks to Paul at Seas for joining us this evening. Thank you, my friend. How do you think that went? That went very well, actually. Yeah. Always a pleasure, never a chore, as I said last night. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Fantastic. Gio, uh, thank you very much as well, mate. Pleasure to talk to you as usual. Can I just say, I, Paul, I am coining the phrase right now, the big, baldy Belgian bastard. <laughs> just like I'd coined Born a, ba- Born a Back Pass and the Jack Lundstrom Axis. They're all Shouldn't mine. He? There's you video must... evidence. Because he, he must... steeds all my sins, Scott. He steeds no. them all. No, you I don't must... steal my tongue. You missed, out, uh, you missed out a thing, mate. It was the big, beautiful, baldy Belgian bastard. There you go, mate. There you go. <laughs> Listen, mate, see if he wins his 56. I'm getting all that tattooed on my arse. Tell me. <laughs> Again, that's 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 caught in the video. <laughs> no, listen, mate. I, like I said, like Paul said, mate, it's brilliant to be back. Um, great pod tonight. I know we're, we're, I've talked for Ulster tonight, but and it's great to see so many people in the comments um, as well, and, and and good numbers tonight. So thanks again to everyone for dropping in. Don't forget to tell your mates about us. Come on and watch us. Subscribe. And subscribe. Hit the subscribe. Smash do that, and then you can hear me talk about the big, baldy, beautiful Belgian bastard. And, and, before we go, there's an our Patreon exclusive. Gio will be getting his tattoo <laughs> live on the Patreon. Yeah. So great over there. Thank God you said tattoo there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, of course, final thanks, as always, to you guys for tuning in. And Patreon's turning into OnlyFans, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Send them in. Battle, Battle Fever after dark. <laughs> Send in your questions and your comments. It's always good. I quite like the wee question time at the end of that. was quite good. Not that good, we know any of the answers. We don't, but we'll give you your opinion on it. <laughs> um, and that's that's what it's here today. So thank you very much. We're going to iBooks at the weekend. Have fun. Hopefully we see a Rangers win. Hashtag keep the battle fever on. When I was a young boy, my father said to me, put this scarf around your neck and sing the blues with me. And now I am much older. There's a place I want to be. It's red faucet, it's beautiful, it's steeped in history. And I know what I'll find when the place comes alive. I got that battle fever coming over me. And I got butterflies and hurricanes shaking my body. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.